like a thief in the night, Colorado went from Pac-12 to the Big 12, and now the Pac-12 is scrambling. And we're going to talk about why everything happened when it did on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked On Bus. I'm your host, Kevin Borbin. Today, joining me is 24-7 Sports' is Adam Mutzen-Tiger. Adam, how you doing? Doing pretty well. It's been a whirlwind here Uh it's been brewing for about 13 months in terms of Colorado's jump to the Big 12, but when that news hits, it still uh, provides some uh, uh, adrenaline, you know, in the system to to just do your job. And so it's been a, a fun, I don't know, what is it about now? It's been about 16 hours. Yeah, <laughs> the, the articles are flowing, the fingers are flying. Um, as someone who covers multiple uh, Pac-12 teams in the Pac-12 as a whole. I'm writing about Colorado. I'm writing about what how it affects the Pac-12. So let's just give you a quick breakdown of what happened, just in case you're just finding out for the first time. Um, Colorado, last week, prior to the Pac-12 Media Day meeting with the Pac-12 commissioner, asked for numbers um, for their media rights deal. Um, they did not get those numbers at the Thursday meeting, and that frustrated Rick George, that frustrated the program. And while everybody else at Pac-12 Media Day was pledging allegiance to the Pac-12, Colorado, in a sense, was not doing the same, or at least not with the same energy. Rick George kind of left and said he had a, fl- a flight to catch, which got to respect those TSA lines get a little little crowded. Um, but I think the Pac-12 was playing a risky game, and they kind of thought that everybody would just hang out and stay together. And what they didn't realize was that Colorado was working with a deadline with the Big 12. So the Big 12 essentially said, you take the deal or we'll move on. And so do you take the chance on the the Big 12 or the Pac-12, excuse me, who has had really no semblance of a deal all year? Or do you take the guaranteed 30, $31.6 million? And clearly they valued uh, safety over potential. So what are your thoughts and perspectives on the move to the Big 12, Adam? That's a good breakdown. It, it was not a situation where Colorado was anxious to leave the Pac-12. They wanted it to work out. You look at the fact that there's more CU alumni in the Pac-12 footprint. You look at the fact that those road trips are simply more fun to travel to. You look at the fact that the academics in the Pac-12 align more with Colorado and kind of their missions for for the future and and what they've done academically in the past. But at some point, you got to be given a number. And the Pac-12 could not produce that number. And Things could shake out in the sports media landscape that ends up, you know, keeping the the Pac-12 together in the future. But right now, you don't know if that's going to happen. Whereas going to the Big 12, yeah, 31.7 million reasons to leave the Pac-12 emerged with the Big 12 jumping the line, getting that media rights deal way in advance of what the Pac-12 is dealing with. I mean, they're going to be kicking off football games in little more than a year and no one knows what networks or how much money is coming in for those programs. So for Colorado, it came simply to the point of, we got to have a number. You don't have a number. The big 12 does. We're going to the big 12. Yeah. And something that I had been saying the entire time, because people constantly ask me, is Colorado going to the big 12? Is Colorado going to the big 12? Because Heather Dinich was reporting it. Um, I think John Wilner had it a couple of times. A lot of people had it where it was like, 
Colorado's the team to watch. They're the team on the fence. They're the team that's willing to do it. Um, there was kind of murmurs that Coach Prime was interested in being in the Big 12, which I don't know how much that played a factor into it. Um, but realistically, all you need to know is that the Pac-12 played a dangerous game. They played this game of we're going to make everybody wait as long as possible without showing them anything, and then we're going to see how it goes from there. And so everybody had kind of played that game. And then when it push came to shove, the Pac-12 realistically was still trying to play that game, and it was being reported that the deal wasn't going to be properly ready until – I believe it was Labor Day. And so that is going to change now because whatever deal that they have is going to be pushed back even further. They have no idea where they're going right now. They have to kind of play a Frankenstein of a conference and try to assemble, maybe expand first. And we'll get to that later. But for Colorado, the move just made sense. Um, They had success in the Big 12. Um, They had money on the table. And realistically, they just don't have to worry about anything now. Um, Unfortunately for other schools in the conference they kind of have to play this game of like what happens to us Colorado doesn't have to play that game and they said all along that we will be doing what's best for us and I said Colorado would only go to the big 12 if they had to and realistically they kind of had to um, because that deal with guaranteed money is was going away um, in less than a week and so whether Colorado fans wanted to or not or whether people want to want to admit it or not Colorado had to go to the big 12 if they wanted um, stability Based on the way we see things on July 27th at 9.37 a.m., right? Like, Klyovkov is a smart guy. He could maybe fix this. I don't know. It's going to be tough when you have a program like Arizona that has got to be licking their chops over the thoughts of going to the Big 12 and competing in basketball in that conference. So who knows what the the next few months are going to look like. But, yeah, again, this wasn't a case of Colorado – wanting to leave the the Pac-12. It just felt like, okay, we've got this deadline from the Big 12. We've got to make a decision. We know what our future is going to look like in this conference. And all along, Colorado has been trying to set itself up for the long-term future, not necessarily the next five, six, seven years, but the next 30 years of college football. And we're all guessing in terms of what that's going to look like. Is it going to go to a mega conference model? If so, I think Colorado going to the Big 12 puts itself in a better position than it was a couple of days ago in that sense. It, again, we're all speculating. We're all predicting what the future is going to look like. And that's what Colorado has to do as well. I think if you're doing a pros and cons list with the Pac-12 and Big 12, you're going to have a pretty close ending to that. It's going to, you know, there's a lot that's going for the Pac-12. There's a lot that's going for the Big 12, but at the end of the day, it's about the stability and the fact that you have a number with that conference. So, you know, there's part of me that's kind of sad, though. You know, I I enjoy going to San Francisco and, and getting a whole crab the night before covering a football game. There are definitely going to be parts of this that that I miss leaving the Pac-12 as a journalist covering the Buffs. But uh, I think Rick George made the right decision here. Yeah, and now you get to get your crab when you fly on over to Orlando for those conference matchups for CCF. Um, I think that's the only the only hard part I would say about this is the cool thing about the Big 12 and what they did was they threw out geography, which is cool in a sense, um, but we're going to see how cool it is to these teams that are like Colorado, for instance, who's going from Colorado to West Virginia or Morgantown, Colorado to UCF, which is in Orlando. Um, I think that'll be an interesting part of this aspect that not a lot of people consider. But, hey, USC and UCLA's closest conference matchup is Nebraska. So 
geography no longer matters. Uh, maybe something the Pac-12 should consider um, in their future. Um, before we talk about the Pac-12, or excuse me, the Big 12's fit for Colorado, um, I need you guys to know that this episode is brought to you by our great sponsor, LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the best access to qualified candidates, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I found my first job, oddly enough, at the Pac-12 Network via LinkedIn. I was able to talk to a hiring manager, was kind of able to get my way into the door, and then ended up working there as a production assistant. So if you want to do the same, add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you could quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Um, it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality candidates um, versus competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we kind of talked about why Colorado bolted to the Big 12. Let's just, I'll summarize it in a sentence. Money was there that in the Big 12 that the Pac-12 hadn't yet given them. And that's all it was, had come down to. Colorado wanted money, um, not just money. They wanted semblance of a deal. Um, I think that's the, the part that kind of sucks for Pac-12 fans as well is if um, Commissioner Klyovkov was just like, you know what, we think we're going to get this amount of dollars. Colorado probably would have been okay, uh, unless it was like a really bad amount. But now they find themselves jumping to the Big 12, which is actually their former conference. Um, so. I saw yesterday, a um, good friend of both of ours, Brian Howell, tweeted that Colorado has actually tied for first in Big 12 championships with Kansas State at four. Um, I did some digging, and because I think there's a lot of – the Big 12 is up for grabs. That's what I'm going to say. Um, Oklahoma and Texas have kind of ran the Big 12 in recruiting. Um, dating back to 2010, according to your site, 24-7, they were one and two in recruiting every single year. So there's room there. Um, dating back to 1998, every year that the Big 12 has had a championship game, Texas or Oklahoma has played in it. And so you're losing both of those, which means the conference is squarely up for grabs. Um, Colorado always kind of seemed like a better fit in the Big 12. So talk to me about what you're thinking the fit is for Colorado in the Big 12 as someone who's seen it firsthand. Well, it's interesting. In the last day and a half, I've been asked a lot about what is the competition difference between the conferences. In football, I think it's pretty minuscule when you look at the future in terms of what programs are going to be competing in both conferences. But the tiebreaker there would be basketball. You're going to have such a better strength of schedule for Tad Boyle's program than you would in the Pac-12. And yeah, I get that maybe you're not going to win as many conference games as you would if you were still in the Pac-12, but going against Kansas, Baylor, Kansas State, you spend the next minute listing off every team. You know, Cincinnati is joining the Big 12. That is going to be a basketball powerhouse in that conference. So that part of it, which we just don't bring up, right? Because so much of the focus is on football, which makes sense because that's the revenue driver. But I think football-wise, I don't know. You know, I think year to year it could be kind of cyclical in terms of which conference, if the Pac-12 does survive, if they do add San Diego State and they keep Oregon and they keep Washington and they keep – you know, the programs that are the nine programs that right as we record this are still committed to the Pac-12 together. You compare that to the, the Big 12, which is obviously going to be larger as a conference. But just generally, I think it's pretty comparable. But hoops, I mean, you can't even debate that the Big 12 is the best conference uh, from a competitive standpoint. Yeah, I think 
the Big 12 is already the strongest basketball conference. And so when you when you continuously add Houston, um, who was uh, viewed as the national championship favorite at one point, they were the number one team in the country this past year in the American. So sometimes for recruits, just being in a bigger name conference helps uh, schools get these top recruits, even though Houston was already succeeding. In Colorado, like you said, it probably will help them too. Um, their competition is going to be better, and so they're going to be able to attract more people like Cody Williams, five, the five-star who's coming in this next coming season. Um, on the gridiron, though, um, I think Colorado has a really good chance to compete. And I say this because as someone who follows the Big 12 closely, a lot of the Big 12 is down right now. Um, I would say the only program that is kind of trending upwards is Kansas State. And I wouldn't, that's not to say that other programs aren't going to jump back. Iowa State usually is a very solid program. Um, Baylor, very solid program at most of the time. Um, but right now, that's the same reason why everybody views this as being Texas's year um, to win the Big 12, because the Big 12 is struggling. So if Colorado could kind of get everything going in football, um, they could find success right away. Um, I want you to talk about what this move does for Coach Prime recruiting-wise. Um, a lot of people are saying he gets access to Texas. Um, I, I don't want to break their bubble, but he's already has access to Texas. But what does this help him further uh, now that he has games in Orlando every two years? Um, now that he has games in near Florida, which is his primary target for recruiting? I think it helps. Yeah, it, we saw Aaron Butler, one of the top ranked recruits in California, this recruiting cycle commit to the bus. But generally, Colorado's recruiting efforts have been more focused in Texas, in Florida, in Georgia, in the South since Coach Prime took over. So it's not the reason that Colorado's jumping from the Pac-12 to the Big 12 in terms of Coach Prime and recruiting, but it's, again, it, it's when you're talking about comparing these two conferences and the difference is very minimal, you, you stack things like Coach Prime can recruit better with this move onto the positive side for the Big 12. And how big of an impact? I mean, only time is going to tell because recruiting is so accelerated that Right now, you're recruiting a lot of 2025 recruits. In, you know, if Coach Prime is going to be in Boulder for four or five years, like I expect, then it should make an impact, a positive impact for Colorado moving to the Big 12 because they are going to have more appearances in that geographic footprint. But do I think it's a massive difference, a difference that you would choose to make this big, bold move over? No, but I think it, it is a positive. Yeah, I think it offers a lot in terms of just getting in new markets, I guess you could say. Um, obviously, Coach Prime is going to be wherever he wants to be. That's kind of been his whole his whole shtick is he's going to do what he wants and it's going to work. And so far, it's been proven true. Um, I think realistically, though, for Colorado to be back in the Big 12, because um, looking at their records here um, throughout the years, they've had, we'll call it two um, seasons above 500 in the Pac-12. Um, one of them was the COVID year, so they went four and two. Um, we can't call that. Uh, Kevin, I was there. That, that was the most bizarre four months of my job ever, even more so than the coach prime. Going to cover games at Folsom Field with no fans, it was – you got to strike that from the record. 2016 is it. So we'll, we'll, we'll go like one in an asterisk. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of sex, success to be had in the Pac-12 for Colorado. Um, I think – I don't know if it was just never – when you look at geographic location, I guess um, Colorado is kind of like in this awkward middle stage. They're like not as close to PAC 12 programs as they are to some big 12 programs. Um, I think the PAC 12 went through this phase where it was like USC, Oregon, um, Utah, everybody was, those were the three powers. And then USC kind of fell off. And then 
Oregon kind of fell off. And so everybody was trying to figure things out. And it just never seemed like Colorado was able to um, step up to the, the plate, if you will, in the Pac-12. Can you kind of explain what the biggest issue was for them in the Pac-12? Or was it just coaching issues? Like it did just never click with the coaches. We could spend an hour on this. I, I think <laughs> you really could go back with Colorado football all the way to the day that Bill McCartney announced his retirement. And there's been so many twists and turns in there. Uh, you know, Rick Neuheisel exiting to Washington unexpectedly. The Gary Burnett end of his tenure with the, the recruiting scandal. Uh, Dan Hawkins really being kind of a, a, a fake person that folks finally figured out was not what he said he was his first couple years in the job and, and that fell apart and Bruce Benson steps in, keeps Mike Bone from being able to fire Dan Hawkins after his fourth year and recruiting hits a standstill. And then you have the pressure from bus for life to hire John Embry and that goes horribly wrong. And it just down the line, you know, Mike McIntyre finally gets the program right back on the on the tracks, and then the Joe Tumpkin saga begins, and they're not able to build on 2016. And then you, you hire Mel Tucker, and it looks like uh, lightning in a bottle, a great connection, and then he bolts in the middle of the night. And Rick George and Lance Carl overreact and pick the safe hire in Carl Durrell, and he's not able to get it done. And then you have transfer issues in terms of getting guys into the program. You've got a lack of an NIL collective on and on there. Just it's been tough breaks for Colorado football, but you've been to Boulder, Kevin. It's a special place. They've got the facilities. They've got the head coach. Now Rick George has made some bold moves as the athletic director. I think he's redeemed himself in the last seven months. You know, he was, getting folks really frustrated over his lack of willingness to accept that this transfer restrictions thing is, is a real big problem for Colorado, but he finally stepped up to the plate there. He's, he's kind of changed his tune a little bit with NIL. He went out there, landed coach prime and now makes a bold move, putting Colorado in the big 12 when, you know, I think a lot of people are just kind of waiting for somebody to make a move and Rick George is the one that makes it. So that's a very long-winded answer to your question, Kevin, but it's not a simple one thing. It's a lot right. of things that have happened with Colorado football over the last 20 years that have put it in the place that it is. But if you're not optimistic about Colorado going forward, what's the point of being a fan, right? And I think you, as a Colorado fan, know all those special details that could make Colorado a sleeping giant, and we'll see if that plays out. I, I do think that since Coach Prime got to Colorado, the narrative is, has changed with this program in terms of highlighting the positives rather than laboring on the negatives that we've done for, again, parts of the last 20 years. So it, it should be an exciting time if you're a Colorado fan. I get that some people might have biases where they don't want this move to the Big 12, and I, and I get that. But uh, I, I think at the end of the day, again, you throw up all the pros and cons, I think the Big 12 wins out by a narrow margin over the Pac-12. Yeah, I think you made some great points there. And I love the, the brief history lesson. It was like a, a perfect two-minute history lesson that we appreciate. <laughs> um, I will say, though, Rick George probably, I don't want to say he saved his job, um, but Rick George, like you said, was kind of frustrating people. And there's a lot of frustrations with the direction of the program, um, the issues that they were facing, because all the issues seemed, for the most part, self-inflicted. It was missed hires, uh, unable to use a transfer portal when the transfer portal was clearly kind of the next direction for college football. Didn't realize it was going to be a 50-person direction, 
but we knew it was going to be a major role in college football. And so Rick George, major move in bringing in Coach Prime, major move in deciding to push Colorado to the Big 12 because now this program has stability. It has attention um, that it hasn't had, at least in my lifetime. Um, I was born in 99, and I don't think Colorado's ever been as popular as it is, as it is now. Um, so a lot of positive things if you're a bus fan. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about what's next for the Pac-12. Um, do they have a future? What do they need to do to kind of stay intact? We're going to talk about that. Okay, we're talking about what the Pac-12 needs to do. Um, if you haven't been following along this entire year, because it's July now, and so exactly one year ago, USC and UCLA announced that they were leaving to the Big Ten. The Pac-12 went into this huge old... I guess, cycle of being like, okay, we're going to get our media rights deal. Then we'll expand. We'll address that when we get there. Um, the Big 12 jumped them in line. Colorado's new conference, um, new slash old, uh, jumped them in line. Um, they were able to expand and get a deal. And so now the Pac-12 has kind of been stuck in this limbo of like, what do we do now? And I think Colorado going to the Big 12 was almost the dagger. Um, but there's a few things working for the Pac-12. Um, one, the Big Ten doesn't want to expand further. Um, they've already come out and there's been reports saying that the Big Ten has no interest in moving past their current amount of teams. And the belief is that the Big 12 only has room for one more spot. Um, so the Pac-12, um, even if they do lose another program, which that program is looking like it could be Arizona, they ha they'll have at least eight teams to work with. Um, they will, If they could keep Oregon, that's fantastic. Um, I think they needed to throw out their order of operations. Um, we're not doing PEMDAS anymore. This isn't parentheses, exponents, multiplication, division, or whatever it is. We're going expansion first. This is if I was running the Pac-12. I would add four, maybe six teams, get up to even par with those other conferences, and you got to hope and pray that that's enough to get you a significant deal. Adam, what do you think is the solution here? Yeah, I think if you're George Klyovkov, your first couple calls have to be to Arizona to try to keep them on board because if Arizona jumps ship in, in why wouldn't they 31.7 million dollars a chance to play with elite strength of schedule in basketball which is the primary sport down there in Tucson if you can keep Arizona on board we're going to have this number at some point and keep them from jumping ship then yeah I think you try to replace Colorado with San Diego State and then Kind of play it by ear. You know, I, I think that SMU has been viewed as a pretty good fit for the, the Pac-12, and that gets the conference out into Texas. You know, Boise State, from a competitive standpoint, would be a no-brainer, but just from the academic and just the uh, the city, the, Boise doesn't bring a lot of TV dollars to the table, right? So that, that's been an issue for them. But Fresno State's another team you could throw in there. You, you could piece this together, but – the way I feel, again, I feel like I need to time stamp all these comments. We're 940, 9.54 a.m. on uh, <laughs> on Thursday here. Is that or is it Friday? I'm, I'm losing track of days at this Thursday, point. Thursday. 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 <laughs> okay. But if you if you can somehow keep Arizona, Arizona on board, I think the Pac-12 has a chance to survive. But if they jump ship, I think it's going to be a situation where it's a slow death for the conference. We'll see. Yeah, I think expansion-wise, I think expansion has to become the priority. Um, I think I always thought it was a weird, but again, I said it earlier in the episode, you said it as well um, in some aspect. The Pac-12 was playing an interesting game where they just thought everything was going to work out for them. Um, I don't know if they thought they had the, like, the superpower of luck or if they had a four-leaf clover tucked away where they just thought everything would continue to fall in line for them. Um, 
but expanding second never made sense to me because you would think you'd want to get those other teams in and kind of see what your value with them would be. Um, so now I think you're looking at San Diego State is a definite add. I thought they always were. SMU, same thing. Um, Colorado State, not the same as Colorado, um, but it could kind of get you back into that Denver market. Obviously, um, it's more of an inferior program football and basketball-wise. They're, they're, they've had some decent teams. Um, but you're kind of forced to basically you're adopting – a portion of the mountain West. That's what your expansion move is, is going to the mountain West and taking four, three teams, maybe Hawaii. I don't know. They have decent market, you know, V um, it's just not a position that you want it to be in. And it's a position that you have to adjust from. And I think they kind of have to make the uncomfortable decision to be like, you know what, we're just going to take these four mountain West programs. Well, to be fair though, the big 12 kind of did that, right? Right. With BYU and Houston and Cincinnati. So it's not, I get that the optics of it don't look right. You're, you're pulling group of five teams in to keep your conference afloat, but mm. it's kind of what the big 12 was doing. And that has worked out for your mark in, you know, the leadership there in that conference. So I don't know. Part of me wants, I grew up in Phoenix going to big pack 10 games back then at Arizona state. I want to see the, the pack 10 survive back 12 survive. But uh, you know, we, if we're going to be uh, logical about it, it just, Larry Scott drove this conference into the ground and George Klyovkov has just not been able to put these pieces back together. I think he's a pretty bright guy. Uh, I think he made a, a bad move in terms of being defensive at media day back in the summer of 2022 when UCLA and USC jumped ship. It just wasn't a good look for the conference. And then him coming out last week at Pac-12 media day and not being defensive, but saying, well, we, we're not going to announce our media rights deal because we want the folks to be on football. Come on, George. Like, we're, we're smarter people than that. Don't try to treat us like we're idiots. Like, talk to us like, you know, because I think initially when George Klyovkov took this job, he was very honest. And maybe that got him into trouble. And he's gone away from that. He's gotten very political. And it, it hasn't been a good look for him. You know, I, I think you need to go back to transparency and say, hey, I the reason that we haven't signed a media rights deal is because the landscape of sports media is changing and we think we're going to be able to capitalize on that. But be honest with us. Don't pull the wool over our eyes and tell us, you know, that things are different than the reality of things. Yeah. I think it kind of reminds me of that little, that gif of the dog sitting in the fire saying everything's fine. Everything was not fine. Um, I admire putting on a brave face for the conference, but now the conference is in, if they were back against the wall before, I think this is like a, a back off the, like they're hanging off a cliff at this point and they really need a lifeline. And that lifeline is going to come from them kind of just doing things differently. Um, I don't think, I think they're going to catch some flack for it, but they're going to catch flack for everything they do um, from now on. So if they just expand first and obviously they got to keep everybody happy, keep everybody um, still pledged to the conference, that's the most important part. Um, but you played the game, you lost the game, and now Colorado's off to the Big 12 where they're going to be making a hefty sum every year. And that's a smart thing the Big 12 did too as well. They guaranteed the $31.7 million for every program they were able to, to add. So huge move there for the Big 12, huge move for Colorado. The Pac-12 is on, um, I guess they're on they're on life alert, I guess, or they're, they're on life support, excuse me. They kind of need 
they need a miracle in a way. And will they get that? I don't know. Um, but we've kind of talked about what they need to do. Um, we talked about why Colorado went to the Big 12, and it just made sense for Colorado. And at the end of the day, you got to be selfish sometimes. Um, Adam, I appreciate you for not being selfish and joining us um, early in the morning. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> of course, Kevin. It's always good to be on with you. Yeah, had a great time. Um, you guys have a great Thursday. Um, as you guys know, it's softball Thursday for myself. We got to get in the wind column. We're 0-2 this year. Um, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow. I appreciate you guys.